What's up, everybody? It's going to be a huge fight day tomorrow night. Not only do we have Las Vegas at full capacity tomorrow night for Canelo, Caleb Plant, and what will be a four-title unification bout in the 168-pound division, but in a similar division, on the other side of the country, on the east coast of the country, the Mecca, the MGM, will be hosting um, the MGM, the Madison Square Garden, MSM, uh, MSG is going to be hosting uh, Kumar Usman and uh, and the rematch with him and Kobe Covington. The long-awaited rematch, uh, the fight that Dana White deemed as one of the best fights that he's ever witnessed, uh, and if anybody could say that, and uh, and carry some weight behind a statement like that, it would be a statement coming from Dana White. The man has made uh, the UFC into the king that it is amongst MMA and organizations all, all, all across the board. Uh, if he says that that was one of the best fights that he's ever witnessed, uh, then then that means something. Kumaro Usman, Kobe Covington, a lot of hype behind this fight. Both fighters made weight. Uh, Vicente Luque was going to be the stand-in for tomorrow fight, for tomorrow's fight, and he ended up missing weight as a stand-in. So, so that ended up going south. Um, good thing that both fighters made weight. It's going to be a huge card. Uh, Kumaro Usman's been active, uh, definitely more active than Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington, his last fight was last September of 2020 against Tyron Woodley. Uh, where he ended up stopping him uh, late in the fight. Kobe Covington then, uh, previous to that, previous to Tyron Woodley, he basically took the entire 2020 off and ended up fighting Kumaru Usman uh, in their fight in December of 2019. Kumaru Usman's been active, and just let alone this year, uh, he was active against Gilbert Burns, and then he ended up having his rematch from um, from his sole fight in 2020 with Jorge Masvidal, he ended up having that huge, long-awaited rematch with Jorge Masvidal and what Kumar Usman started saying, and now he's starting to lap uh, the opponents in his division. He's cleaned out the division, now he's lapping it. And um, just recently, uh, this earlier this week, he ended up calling out uh, none other than the other man who's going to be fighting in the sport of boxing tomorrow night that I just mentioned earlier uh, he called out Canelo Alvarez. He says that he would be really interested in having a crossover fight against Canelo Alvarez and fate and face another great uh, at their sport. So Kumaru is shooting for uh, he he's shooting Kumaru Usman shooting for for the sky here for the stars. Uh, it's gonna be a a great great fight as we're anticipating. Of course, this is what we anticipated in the in in the first um, fight. And the first event that the UFC was able to get a full capacity crowd or an arena at full capacity, which took place in this rematch against Jorge Masvidal earlier this year in April, that was UFC 261. Um, that was an event. That event alone, just just the hype behind that main event, the talk, the back and forth, the storyline behind uh, their initial match where Jorge Masvidal ended up making weight in a matter of like seven days or nine days, something crazy that like he ended up dropping some crazy amount of pounds, ended up stepping in um, for Gilbert Burns, who who had contracted COVID at that time. So he steps in at the last stand-in and ends up giving Kamaru Usman a, a good fight um, in itself. It was a decision loss. Uh, so the storyline was there, the the hatred for one another, the vitriol, the disdain. Uh, it was it was great. It was a good storyline. And at that, that it was the first event in which we were going to be able to hold a full capacity crowd uh, in outdoor arena in Jacksonville, Florida. 
That event itself was amazing. And of course, Kamaru Usman ends up knocking out Jorge Masvidal in emphatic fashion. We never thought we'd see Masvidal like that. And it sure happened. Kamaru Usman landed an amazing, amazing punch knocking Jorge Masvidal out. We haven't heard from Masvidal since. Uh, here and there, he's got some interviews, but he hasn't been active in the octagon. Um, that same night, we had Rose lift the title from Wei Li Zhang. Uh, ended up knocking her out in the first round to get her title back and got herself back on top of that division of the the strawweight division uh same night valentina shevchenko was in action against jessica andraj uh, and she ends up stopping jessica in the second round um uriah hall if you remember that was a uriah hall uh weidman freak show that they barely got into the fight it was barely barely getting into the action and Weidman's leg snaps in what was like a karmic effect of what Silva, Anderson Silva had, uh, had suffered against Chris Weidman. So Chris Weidman, uh, ends up suffering the injury there, um, to open up that main event card was Anthony Smith against Jimmy Crute in what was another crazy fight in which Jimmy Crute's, uh, back ended up going out on him. Um, so that night was something else, something spectacular, the nerves, the adrenaline, the excitement. Uh, it was it was all present that night, and it closed. The show was closed by Kamaru Usman knocking out Jorge Masvidal. So that's what Kamaru Usman has done, and that's the body of work that he's put together this year. Kobe Covington has not been active since his last fight against Tyron Woodley, uh, which happened in September of 2020. So he's been inactive. He's been training. He's changed camps. He's talking a big game. He's a lot more, uh, he's a lot better at his, uh, at his smack talk and, uh, and his trash talking. He's a lot smoother, a lot better delivery. So he's been practicing at that and practicing in the gym. He says he's got some surprises for tomorrow. We'll see. So did Masvidal. And then he got stopped. He got knocked out. The Kamaru's, uh, uh, boxing game was, uh, was on full fledged that night and, uh, and it showed. It was a crazy, crazy night. Um, I can't wait. That main event alone is gonna be the one to, uh, the one to wait for. So we got the main event and Rose is back. Not only did she lift the title from Wei Li Zhang in their last event that they put together, but now they're going to have their rematch, uh, and it's going to happen as a co-main event tomorrow night as well. Both fighters made weight. Uh, Wei Li Zhang uh, showing off a, uh, a new haircut, short hair now uh, for her, and uh, and she's been training with Henry Cejudo as well, or taking some tips from Henry Cejudo and been training in, uh, in, in Arizona, so of all places. So Wei Li Zhang seems to be, uh, seems to have some, uh, some new tricks up her sleeve and she's trying to get her title back. Rose with this victory will cement her as one of the greats as if she hasn't done enough yet. This fight tomorrow will definitely cement her as one of the greats in the strawweight division and, um, and in the history of, of the UFC. Um, the third fight, uh, is going to be, there's going to be a little break, uh, in there between, um, between the uh, Kamaru's and Rose's camp because um, uh, their coach is going to be in full action tomorrow. Not only does he have uh, Trevor Trevor Whitman, got Justin Gagey, Rose, and Kamaru Usman all as part of the main event card. Uh, sometimes the coaches usually have uh, uh, cards in the in the prelims or the early prelims and then in the main event. So they got some time in between fights. This was going to be back to back to back. He wasn't going to have enough time, so he'll be able to 
to corner Rose, corner Kamaru, and corner Gagey with two fights in between as a break to be able to prepare. Uh, so the opener has now been announced that it's going to be Justin Gagey in the lightweight division, the, the best division in my in my opinion, the best division in the UFC, uh, the lightweight division, Justin Gagey and Michael Chandler, a fight that I never thought was going to happen. Holy crap, Michael Chandler, since he left Bellator, he's uh, he got signed as a stand-in for what was going to be Justin Gagey and, and Khabib. Uh, and, and of course they didn't need him. Justin Gagey succumbs to, to Khabib. He ends up taking the loss there. Uh, and then he comes back and he fights, uh, Dan Hooker, uh, to kick off this year, January 23rd. And he ends up knocking out Dan Hooker in round one, comes back and challenges for the title against Charles Oliveira, who was the newly crowned champion after Khabib ends up, uh, retiring and giving up the belt. So Michael Chandler ends up coming back in what seemed like he was going to dethrone or at least become the champion in, in what would have been historic. From his signing to come in as a stand-in, people were already hating him because they felt that he was getting the Dana White treatment or the, the Dana White privilege that they were calling, that he just got moved up right up the rankings. But Michael Chandler has a history and a resume and a trajectory second to none with all kinds of top-level opposition uh, coming into the UFC. But he had never fought for the UFC before. So therefore, people started hating on him that he just got moved up right up the ranks um, with little to no work. Well, he was going to stand in for that title shot, ends up having the fight against Hooker uh, and, and stops Dan Hooker. And then he gets into the title shot against Charles Oliveira. He loses. He almost had that title. He almost stopped Oliveira, but Oliveira just knew how to weather the storm, came back in round two and stops Michael Chandler. Um, and what was a knockout victory for, for Charles Oliveira? He is the champ at this moment. And, uh, and he's going to be facing off against Dustin Poirier, uh, to close out this year in a few weeks time. Michael Chandler coming off that loss is now getting into a fight with Justin Gagey. That's going to be an amazing, amazing way to not just open the pay-per-view, but quite likely will be the fight of the night. Um, in my opinion, I don't see this fight being dull. I don't see this fight being stale. I don't see how either one of these fighters would give anything but 130%. These guys come out and, uh, and they come out with guns blazing. It's going to be a hell of a fight for these two. Justin Gagey coming off the, uh, the loss to Khabib which took place uh, nearly a year ago, uh, late October of 2020. Before that, he had defeated Tony Ferguson in what was one of the bloodiest fights I had seen. Um, then he comes off the loss to Khabib and, uh, in his title shot and, uh, and Chandler coming off a loss uh, in what was his title shot against Charles Oliveira. So a meaningful fight. This should be the first contender or the, the, the fight for the number one contendership in the lightweight division. And, uh, and they would, whoever wins this will be waiting to see who wins between Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira. Of course, Dustin Poirier is one of my favorite fighters and I'm, I'm pulling for him to get that nod and finally get his hands against, um, Oliveira and get his hands around that title. He had the interim version similar to Justin Gagey, but they weren't able to unify against Khabib. They both came up short and now he's got another title shot awaiting him. Dustin Poirier and Justin Gagey 
Dustin and Justin, when they faced off each other, I was actually live in Phoenix when they faced off each other a few years back. And what a fight that was. If you never checked that fight out or you never got to see that fight, you could find it on YouTube or uh, a number of sites. Just go out there, look for that fight. UFC Fight Pass, I'm sure. Go back, look at that fight, revisit that fight. What an amazing, amazing showdown they left in Phoenix. Phoenix seems to bring out the best in and fighters and uh, just like the baby assassin against Figueredo uh that, that was another another crazy fight check out that fight between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gagey that that first fight they had between them I would be amazed if both of them pull out these victories and they get to uh to rematch to run it back that would be an absolute amazing fight if that's the case, if Chandler wins and Oliveira defeats Dustin Poirier, we'll see a rematch of Chandler and Oliveira. And that was a crazy fight earlier this year. And I would love to see that. But of course, Chandler and Dustin, hey, wow, Gagey and Oliveira, holy crap, like what if, right? That's the only thing that we could do. Um, just wonder what it would be like. Uh, other than that, Listen, that card is stacked. Frankie Edgar's going to be uh, in action against Chito Vera, and he's going to be giving that that break in there to uh, Trevor Whitman between the Gagey and Rose fights. Shane Burgos, a hard-hitting Shane Burgos, he's almost a zombie when he steps in there. He takes a beating, he takes a hit, and he gives a good hit. Shane Burgos against Billy Quarantillo, uh, 16-3. and three. Uh, Billy Quarantillo, Shane Burgos, 13-3, and three stepping into that fight. That's going to be an all-action fight as well. To me, the fight of the night will definitely be Justin Gagey against Michael Chandler. That's what I'm foreseeing. Uh, Kamaru Usman, Kobe Covington. I don't know how to call this. It's hard to pick. It's hard to pick against Kamaru Usman. Um, I see Kamaru Usman coming out victorious. He's on an 11 fight win streak. His last loss dates back to 2013 against Jose Caceres and a fight in which he was submitted, a fight in which Kamaru Usman stepped into the octagon at one and oh. That was the second fight of his career, and he got submitted. Since then, perfect. And he's a champ. Hard to pick against him. Hard to pick against Kobe Covington, but he already lost to Kamaru Usman in what was an amazing, amazing fight. If Kamaru Usman said it at, at the, to Joe Rogan at the, uh, at the end of the weigh-ins, uh, or the ceremonial weigh-in, he said it if he did his homework... Meaning, Kobe Covington, if Kobe did his homework, we're going to have an amazing fight, similar to what we saw in the first fight, or even better. But if he did it, Kamaru says he anticipates putting him away. We just saw him do that. We just saw him do that to Jorge Masvidal one fight ago. So, it's hard to pick against Kamaru Usman. Let's hope that we see uh, what they left in the ring. Let's hope that they pick up uh, round six. Uh, from from their first body of work between these two fighters, and uh, and it'll be nothing short of exciting. Justin Gagey, Michael Chandler is the one that I'm pulling for. Rose, of course, Thug Rose. Um, all she has to do is just be the champ. They keep asking her about the opposition and how she sees if she feels that she's the hunted now that she's got the title back, and she says, "I'm the best. I'm the champion, not the hunted. I'm the best." That's it. Let all comers come. So. Amazing, amazing UFC 268. The UFC in itself has been on a roll dating back to the Ortega and Volkanovsky fight, uh, from a few weeks back. Holy crap. What a fight that was. Um, and then just a week ago where we ended up crowning a new light heavyweight champion, Glover Teixeira, the Thrones, Jan Blakovich, Piotr Jan ends up beating, um, 
Corey Sanhagen in what was an amazing, amazing showing. But Piotr Jan just steps into this ring as if he's still the king, as if he's still defending the throne, as if he never lost that title. A title that changed hands between him and Aljo and with controversy. A title that possibly shouldn't have been stripped. But rules are different. And, uh, and they ended up stripping him because of a DQ. It was a lot of controversy behind that. Aljo, of course, is a standing champ. And... Piotr Jan uh, got his hands around an interim version of that title, and we should be seeing that fight uh, run back here shortly, hopefully in the coming months. Piotr Jan steps in and continues to step into the octagon and do work as if he's the king, and he displayed it. Corey Sanhagen gave him angles, punches and bunches, flying kicks, kicks to the ankle, kicks to the body, and he just showed a full array of... Uh, of an attack and Purion had answers. The machine doesn't stop and he kept going forward, kept putting in the pressure, putting on the pressure on Corey Sanhagen and eventually got his uh, hand raised. Corey Sanhagen, uh, he gives you everything. He's a fan favorite style fighter, uh, type fighter and, uh, and, and he's must watch TV whenever he steps in to the octagon. Uh, he just did it in his last fight against TJ Dillashaw, a fight that a lot of people thought Sanhagen won in TJ Dillashaw's uh, comeback, but the judges saw it for Dillashaw. He got his hand raised and Corey Sanhagen got himself into, uh, an interim title shot. And he came up short but I'm sure he's right there. He's knocking on the door and he's going to be problems for anybody who decides to step into the octagon with them. Big, big night of fights. Uh, UFC 268 and Canelo over in Vegas against Caleb Plant going for history as well. Huge, huge night of fights. Enjoy the fights and I'll catch you guys on the recap episodes. Take care of yourselves and thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for all the love you've shown the Toma Tolito show. We're still here. We're still kicking. We're still pushing forward. And, uh, and I got plenty more episodes coming your way. I'll do my best to catch you guys on the recap episodes and plenty more stuff that's going to be putting, uh, that I'm going to be putting out here in the coming days. Take care of yourselves. Much love. Peace out.